This is the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the inside track on Liverpool FC's next opponents. Hello and welcome to the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel with me, your host, Patrick Smith. Liverpool will take on Leeds United on Wednesday night in a simply crucial Premier League match as the Reds aim to close the gap on Premier League leaders Manchester City just three points. The title race may well be back on, but Liverpool fans will be all too wary that Marcelo Bielsa's lead side is by no means three points in the bag. Well, joining me now to give all the expert insight into what we can expect from Leeds is Joe Donoghue, who is the Leeds United reporter at Leeds Live. Joe, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you for, for having me on, Patrick. Um, yeah, uh, good, to, good to be chatting again. Yeah, it's great to have you here, but we'll move into the specifics shortly. But if you could just give the listeners a general insight into what we can expect from Leeds on Wednesday night, you know, what are we getting ourselves in for? Um, I suppose it'll be what a lot of Liverpool fans will be expecting with Leeds. It'll be, you know, high intensity. It'll be, um, it'll be, you know, high octane. It'll be fast paced. It'll be end to end. Um, but above all, from from sort of Liverpool fans' perspectives, uh, that th- there will be chances. Um, Leeds do give up quite a few chances per game, and while they do try and generate at the other end, they are they are missing Patrick Bamford, and that has been a big miss this season. Um, at the back, still without Calvin Phillips and, and Liam Cooper. Who kind of make up that spine, um, and and I think the team has has really suffered from that this season. Um, it just you know if you took three of the most integral players out of Liverpool's team uh, for for the best part of three four months, then you know the I mean just like Virgil Van Dijk was it last season or, or the season last before? Season, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Then uh, I'm sure I'm sure Liverpool fans will be will be aware of the, the effect that that can have on on the overall performance. Oh yeah, it's similarly disastrous to our last year. You know, all our big players are injured, but that really is the story of your season, isn't it? Just plagued by injuries yeah it's been it's been incredible it's been unbelievable um and, and not in a good way from for, for most weeks you know just when you think that you're getting a fully fit squad somebody else pulls up in training or or there's you know a freak accident somebody gets landed on and they, they injure their collarbone or something like that we've had all sorts um you know there's been there's been <laughs> there's been a lot of injuries to, to keep up with and i think throughout december and january there was a period where uh there was five or six upwards of five and six uh first team players you know players who would have been starting ordinarily who were who were injured and, and out of the team and, and completely unavailable so it's something which the team has had to contend with you know there's been a lot of um involvements in the squad not necessarily minutes but involvement for a lot of the younger players but um yeah, I think it's last season it was kind of a sprint to the finish. This year it's a bit of a crawl to the finish line. I mean, yeah, it was such a brilliant first season for you back in the Prem last year, wasn't it? But it's let's, let's not say ideal for Leeds this season. Injuries are a massive part, but do you think there's any other factors affecting why you're maybe at the wrong end of the table? You know, second season syndrome is a phrase often used, but do you think there's any more reasons why? Um, I think injuries are the, are the biggest factor. Uh, I think that's that's probably true. I think uh, a lot of supporters might look at the transfer market as well. A lot of neutrals might look at the, the transfer market and think that, given the injuries that Leeds had, to not do any business in January might have been might, might have been a tad perplexing for them. Um, I think uh, you know a lot of us were, were, were sort of thinking, well, maybe one one new face might just give the team a lift, might just give the team a boost. You know, just you know supplement the some of the more um, you know the, the thinner areas in the squad. But um, yeah, I think it's primarily down to, to, to squad issues. And, and when you've got so many players out injured and you've effectively got 13 or 14 first teamers for you know a run of five or six games, it's going to take its toll and players are going to get tired, not just physically, but mentally. Um, and that fatigue, as we all know, will will, will cost you in, in Premier League matches when you know, you're going up against teams like Liverpool, Manchester City, who've got players of, of the highest order. 
Well, you mentioned there, you know, how you didn't strengthen the squad in January. It was surprising to mutuals. must be even more surprising to Leeds fans themselves. You know, is there only like to specifically bring in in the summer to strengthen the squad, you know, because looking forward to next season, you probably do need to bolster it out a bit, don't you? Yeah, I think that's that's the consensus is that in the summer, uh, there will need to be a bit of surgery done on the, on the squad um, in terms of, you know, personnel coming in uh, and maybe a few going out um, just to freshen things up, just to, to maybe take the squad to the next level now that the team have been back in the Premier League for two years. And obviously all the, the Premier League revenue that comes with that, it's kind of been a bit of a game of catch up, you know, financially. But um there's been uh, there's been lots of talk about uh, Brendan Aronson, who's obviously at Red Bull Salzburg. Um, he is, he's, you know, he's an attacking midfielder and would add something in that sort of number ten position for for Leeds. Um, he's somebody who um, has been linked with them, and there was there was a few bids lodged in January, fifteen and twenty million pounds, I believe. But Salzburg wanted to keep him for for the Champions League knockouts, and and they did quite well against Bayern in that first leg. So it's looking like say, a just, yeah. <laughs> just justified decision, really, isn't it? Um, but yeah, apart from that, there hasn't really been any concrete links to names, but I think people are, are maybe looking at, at, at the sort of those midfield positions. Yeah, it's frustrating when a target does well against someone like Bayern because it just mm. adds another five million on. Another five so, million, so, yeah. yeah. But you know, moving back to the football now, it's well documented. I'm sure most listeners will be aware of what constitutes a Marcelo Bielsa side. You know, Liverpool fans found out at the start of last season he just blitzed us in that first half. But for most Liverpool fans, it's going to be a slightly different portrayal of Leeds, isn't it? So what can we expect on Wednesday night from Bielsa's side? Yeah, I think you're right in saying that. Jurgen Klopp said it in his, in his press conference, didn't he? That it's it's going to be a little bit different because of the you know the the issues with injuries and not maybe not having that spine. Um, it, it will be different. I mean, the last time Leeds turned up to Anfield, Rafinha wasn't a, a Leeds player. So hopefully we'll get him from the start. Uh, he was dropped to the bench for the first half anyway against Man United at the weekend. Uh, but we, we expect him to come back straight into the eleven. Um, I think what to expect. I mean, you're probably going to get... I mean, it, it depends how it goes because there could be a game similar to, to how the Man United game went at the weekend. But then at the same time, there could be a game how it went against Manchester City uh, when Leeds went to the Etihad uh, in December when they were really depleted squad-wise uh, and, and and shipped seven. So I think it, it depends on how Liverpool start because if Liverpool start really aggressively and on the front foot and kind of pin Leeds back and don't let don't let them get into to a rhythm uh, in those first 5, 10, 15 minutes, then... I think we might see. Uh, I mean, from a Liverpool perspective, it would be it would be good for for, for fans of, of of the club. But for from a Leeds standpoint, um, it could be a long ninety minutes because it it does very much hinge on on whether Leeds start well. Um, a couple of weeks ago against Everton, Leeds did not start well at all. Conceded quite early. Uh, Stuart Dallas went off injured, um, and it kind of all just unravelled from there. So it's um, I think it, it hinges a little bit more on, on how Liverpool start. You mentioned his name, uh, Rafinha, obviously a player who has been linked with Liverpool in the transfer room. will you know, take those with a pinch of salt. But he's a talisman. Is he going to be the main threat? Yeah, without a doubt, I think. Um, I mean, while there are other attacking threats, Rafinha is, is the player who can who can change a game uh, by himself. You know, he's. I, I, you know, I've noticed it several times. It's uh, the way that he sort of takes receipt of passes in the final third. He, he just kills it dead, but doesn't lose that bounce, doesn't lose the... The, the sprightly nature that he has in, in sort of taking the ball in his stride and and not sort of slowing the, the player down. Um, you know, I think he's got eight goals this season, a few of those from the penalty spot, granted, but um, he's, you know, he's a creative player. He's, he's a finisher. He's very, very single-minded as well, uh, which is, which, you know, is always very useful when you're looking to turn a game on its head. And 
Um, I think if if he's wanting to prove a point, then then there's probably no better stage than than Anfield to do it uh, because of, of him being left out of the starting eleven uh, at the weekend, coming on, scoring within eight or nine minutes of him being on, being on the pitch. Um, so, yeah, he is he is the talisman. He is the main threat. Uh, from that right wing, um, but I mean, there's, there's there's other players as well. Rodrigo on his day is is, is very good at linking play, creating chances for his teammates, um, and obviously knows knows where the goal is. Um, but there there are other threats in, in the team as well. Junior Firpo at left back, he created more chances than any other player against Man United. Um, lots of passes into the penalty area, uh, and going forward is is definitely his forte instead of going back. And I, I don't look forward to seeing him deal with uh, Mo Salah. Put it that way. <laughs> Behind enemy lines on the Blood Red Channel. I mean, obviously, there's so many injuries in the squad, and my question on behind enemy lines is always: Are there any notable injuries within the league squad that we know about? So, how long have we got? But who just, are the main, uh, main absentees? Yeah, just England's Calvin Phillips. Um, you know, Scotland's <laughs> Liam Cooper. Uh, England's Patrick Bamford. You know, they're the three big ones. Um, Robin Cock will also be out as well. As he suffered a, what we think is a concussion. Uh, reading between the lines of Bielsa's answers this morning um, against Man United at the weekend, so those four will be out. They've they've pretty much been out for for the the longest periods this season. So the team does know how to cope without them now. Um, they have managed to get results without them throughout the season, um, but not against teams of the caliber of Liverpool. You know, we're talking the you know Burnleys, Norwiches, that sort of thing. Um, there's there's an there's an injury to to Leo Yelda as well. Who's who's one of the younger defenders. Um, he he won't be in there. He's got a knee injury. But yeah, I think off the top of my head, it's it's those five who've who've had sort of any involvement in the first team this season. I mean, Bamford and Phillips. Those are two massive misses, aren't they? How much are you missing those in your lineup? Massively. Um, I think Leeds would definitely have scored a lot more goals with Patrick Bamford in the team, just having that focal point, somebody who knows um who knows where the goal is inside the penalty box. You know, his a lot of a lot of his 17 goals last season were were instinctive finishes, you know, where he's maybe making movement around the central defender just to just get in front and get get that decisive touch, um, which I don't think you always get with wingers who are maybe playing up in that number nine role. Um, not to say that Daniel James hasn't done well in that position, or Rodrigo whenever he's whenever he's been in there, um, and 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 Bam and and Phillips as well. I think Leeds definitely would have conceded fewer with Phillips there because it's such a specialised role in in front of the defence in this Bielsa man to man system. And and this this year we've had you know Robin Cock there, we've had Pascal Strauch there. Uh, we think we'll have Adam Forshaw in that number six position um, tomorrow night or on Wednesday evening. Um, so it's 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 took a bit of tinkering and and it's always going to be difficult when there's a player of that caliber uh, who's been out for three months. You're going to have a slight hit in there. So what's the lineup you're expecting to see from Leeds? Yeah, uh, I think the lineup it's uh, it'll probably be back four and well Ilan Melier in goal. Um, he's he's played every minute this season. Back four of Luke Ayling at right back, uh, Diego Llorente and Pascal Strauch as your as your right sided and left sided centre back. Uh, probably junior Furport left back, although he might go with Stuart Dallas there. Um, in in that number six, probably we're, we're going to see Adam Forshaw, who's who's made a, an excellent return to form. Um, former Everton academy graduate as well, um, just out of interest. Um, <laughs> and we'll probably get, if if not Dallas in in the middle in central midfield, if he's being used at left back, we'll probably get um, maybe Tyler Roberts or, or Matthias Click uh, in in the midfield there, and on the wings probably. Um, Daniel James, Rafinha, or maybe even Jack Harrison in, in James' place or Rafinha's place if, if Bielsa elects to keep him on the bench, as he did at the weekend. And 
Um, there's debate up front, you know, who do you play? Do you play the the young scouser Joe Gelhart or or do you play the, the more experienced Rodrigo? Um, or do you do you go with the false nine with Dan James? Um, there's there's a few options there, but um, I think I've I've got my preferences. Put it that way. Who would you like to see start? Well, I'd I'd like to see uh, Joe Gelhart start because it's it's there'd be a nice narrative around it. Um, but I think most likely we'll probably see Rod- Rodrigo continue in that in that striker role because he he was quite a good foil for um for, for Matthias Click at the weekend. You know, Click got I think seven shots off, which kind of implies that Rodrigo was occupying those central defenders. I mean, the end of the season is getting nearer and nearer. What is the aim for Leeds there between now and, you know, come May? I'm sure the main goal probably is survival, but what else would you like to see change before now and the end of the season? I mean, yeah, first and foremost, it, it is survival. Um, it's just to, to remain in the league, um, you know, get you know, just shake off all those second season syndrome tags that are, that are very easy to, to attribute. But, um, you know, oh, no, no, it's, hey, you know, at, at times you even doubt, begin to doubt it yourself. Um, but... I think what what the fans really want to see is just some some memorable moments, you know, some some real real heart and desire to to see the the likes of Phillips, Cooper, and Bamford come back. I think that would be a massive lift, not just for the fans but for the squad, um, and just to to get some wins against you know not the likes of Liverpool. You know, everybody's very realistic about the, the chances that Leeds have uh, on Wednesday night, but um, I think some wins against the teams that are around them uh, and teams that are maybe a little bit higher up in the table. You know, likes of Southampton when they come to Ellen Road, um, trying to 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 beat those teams because uh, that would that would signify that the leads are actually a little bit closer to the mid-table pack rather than the the relegation scrappers. Yeah, as for the relegation scrap, you know, your fixture list is a slightly bit nicer, shall we say? I'm thinking of a better word than the other teams around you. Yeah, it's there are winnable games in there. Um, I think the the next few days will be difficult with Liverpool away and then Spurs at home, uh, especially on the back of of four winless games. But that you know that will make way for some some more palatable fixtures. I think uh, in the next next couple of months. Um, you know, I mean, I think there's Brentford on the final day. I mean, at least at least even if God forbid Leeds are in in a bit of trouble coming into the final day, at least that's not the worst fixture in the world to have given the form that Brentford have been in recently. Um, but yeah, as I said, the likes of Southampton, you know, there are there are other 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 games where Leeds can definitely pick up three points uh, at Ellen Road and, and and on the road as well. So um, yeah, it's not as similar to you know maybe Newcastle or Everton's running, which I think are, are quite quite dicey. So um, I think there's still still quite fans are probably still quite optimistic that that the you know they they're going to beat the drop. Yeah, I'm sure most listeners of this will be looking very nice at Everton's fixture list and hoping that they might go down. Mm. But I'm sure Wednesday's match is going to be a belter, as usual, with two attacking football playing sides. You know, it's going to be a spectacle, isn't it? But I've got one last question, the dreaded, infamous score prediction. <laughs> oh, man, this could be anything. Um, I mean, I've got a score prediction of what what I'd like it to be, um, while still being a little bit realistic. Maybe maybe another four three, but uh, the, the the score line the other way around. Although I think that's incredibly unlikely. Uh, I think it'll be a Liverpool win. Um, I think it'll be similar to the game at, at Ellen Road earlier this season. Um, I think Liverpool's xG in that game surpassed four, so um, there'll probably be uh, probably be quite a few goals for the home side. Um, but again. If Leeds can put up enough of a fight like they did against Man United and maybe get a few goals back, that would be enough to maybe keep the keep the fans on side and you know keep them supporting the team and, and that sort of thing. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with a three-two um to, to Liverpool. 
um, and, and and just cross my fingers and hope for the best. <laughs> you might want to cover your ears for my prediction because I think it's going to be an <laughs> iconic Anfield night under the lights that we need. We're going to go 5-1 Liverpool. Oh, that, that is there, iconic, but <laughs> Yeah, I think we are going to make our mark on the title race. But we will, of course, wait and see what happens. You can keep up to date with all the action across the Liverpool Echo website, Twitter and Facebook, the Bloodbread channel and Liverpool.com. But Joe, thank you so much for joining me. A brilliant insight into what we can expect from Leeds when they take on Liverpool. But that is all we have time for. So until next time, for myself, Patrick Smith and Joe Donoghue, it's bye for now. You've been listening to the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel.